The Matrix? The podcast. You know they're making a fourth Matrix movie? Uh, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding my breath. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually a little excited about it. We'll uh, see. You guys, welcome to oh. the 13th Floor <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Hello. What's up, everybody? I'm Alex. I'm Cece. I'm James. And we're not here to talk about The Matrix. We're here to talk about weird, strange, sometimes paranormal, scientific oddity things on the 13th Floor Podcast. Yeah. I guess The Matrix could kind of be considered... But you know Simulation what? Simulation theory, yeah, CC. We did an episode on it. We, yeah, we did cover that already. Um, you guys, how are you doing? Doing well. Not really. I saw. Uh, no. Oh yeah, <laughs> James. Let's hear, let's hear more about why you're not doing well. Oh uh, man, <laughs> I was deadlifting, and I normally can do a lot more than what I was doing. I was just warming up, and I snapped up. I'm in Snap City, you guys. I could barely move. <laughs> He's Sucks. sitting in his living room with his spiders to his side <laughs> and a giant ice pack on his back. Yeah, you summed it up pretty well. With a little pot of green tea next to his yep. to his left. <laughs> yeah. And then Alex is sitting here. He, he just burped James and it smells terrible. It was Dude. awful. It did. It smelled pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what's up with me. Thanks, Susie. Um <laughs> Alex, has anything exciting happened in your life since we last spoke? It's just the usual. Like, I go to a movie, and no one's probably heard of it. Uh, I went and saw Ready or Not, which I didn't know came out this soon. I went and saw it. It came out on Tuesday. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. It's like a horror comedy about these people hunting. So this girl gets married to this guy, and part of the ceremony, essentially, is... They have to play a game, and she draws this card, and she has to play hide and seek. But it turns out the only way to win for her is to make it out alive while the family hunts her. Oh, lovely. And it's pretty good. And so all the whole family thinks that if they don't do it, they'll be killed. And so it's just, Man. it's interesting. It's actually interesting, and it's mostly funny than scary, mm. but it's good. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We're doing a podcast uh, about what? Something? About, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about human hybrids today. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, do you have an icebreaker for us? I'm still on my phone looking for one. Oh. Because uh, oh I, I wasn't able to come up with one myself He's today. Prepared. James, do you have an icebreaker that you can ask us? Uh, actually, yeah, I got a perfect one. Uh, what's the worst okay. physical injury you've ever had? <laughs> oh. That's good. Oh, wait, no, mine was it? Mine's actually interesting. I know mine. <laughs> Tell me Immediately. Yours. Okay, you guys, we had just moved into our home. We did not have carpet on the stairs yet, and I was Uh-oh. carrying this my dear worst sweet injury? daughter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're pretty good. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was carrying my dear sweet daughter down the stairs, and I was wearing socks, and I slipped, and I I think I broke my tailbone. You did not break your tailbone. <laughs> you would have known if you broke your tailbone. I think I broke my tailbone. <laughs> um, but I also, when I was little, I broke my two front teeth out of my, my face. Mm-hmm. I was I was in a rocking chair and I was a stupid child and I put my my legs inside my t-shirt my arms inside my t-shirt and I was rocking watching probably Rocco's Modern Life and then I fell off the rocking chair face first in the ground. <laughs> my dad ran into the room and there's just blood everywhere and he started screaming and I started screaming and then I went to the dentist and my tooth grew, grew back late eventually but grew back. <laughs> you grew mean back. you got adult teeth? <laughs> I got <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then CC then proceeded to knock out those adult teeth as yeah, well. Yeah, they, they came back a third time. 
That's mine. James, is your well, your worst injury is probably. I feel like his is going to be really good, so I'm going to go ahead and tell mine. Yeah, go for it. Because his is going to be a crescendo, I feel like. I feel like his was when he was thrown down the stairs by a shadow person. Oh. That's probably. But here's the thing that's not the most painful because I don't remember any of it except for like hospital lights. So it was bad, but it was like not memorable bad because you literally couldn't remember it. Yeah. The part of the part of my body that is responsible for memory probably got damaged <laughs> that day. <laughs> um, James, I apologize if you hear a clap. There's a a mosquito in our house right now, and I'm trying to kill it. And we're not editing out because it adds to the atmosphere. Unless uh, in the pursuit of killing this beast, Alex, <coughs> what's your worst injury? My worst injury, I've broken oh, I I've broken I my foot, but my 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 worst one was when I broke my orbital socket on my left eye. Yep. Uh, I was playing basketball and got elbowed, and it just apparently just cracked my face. Mm. And uh, Your parents were like, you're fine, weren't they? Yeah. Or was that just your foot? No, they, they were like that about my foot. I broke my foot, and they're like, oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. It turns out I'd broken it like right down the middle, like a cross section. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but my orbital socket, it was like black and blue the next morning. Like, really? Oh, pretty good black eye and then i went to blow my nose and my eye just immediately swelled up and closed up where i could see uh, and i just had to wait for it to go down it was just filled with air pretty much but ew. yeah it was, it was an odd experience but that one that one hurt the most mm-hmm. when it happened james um, what about you you know it was kind of tough i was kind of weighing it while i was talking and i've hands down i know what it is though now um, when I was 10, I burned my fingerprints off and I still don't really have <laughs> like quality fingerprints to this day. Someone watched too much men in black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me and my friends, we, we made blackberry jelly, um, but we didn't know how. So we just nuked it in the microwave. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, when I got the container out, it just, uh, and then the other thing is one of my other friends, he, he did it too. So it was just us running around to house to house, just crying, trying to find somebody who could make us stop being in agony. Oh my God. I, I can't stop laughing, Dave. I'm sorry that happened to you. Blackberry jam. Yeah, blackberry jam. And, and the funniest thing jam. about it is the whole time we're just thinking, we are so grown up and mature. We know how to make blackberry jam. And then it ends with us just running around town screaming. Oh, how wow. old are you? Uh, like nine. And um, oh, incidentally, yeah, eight or nine. And, um, well, shoot, what was it? Oh, yeah, my hands, they totally look just like a tree frog's after that because they would blistered oh, up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> At least you could climb really well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, choo. Um, you guys, it, I think it's time to talk about human hybrids. Yeah. So who wants to go first this time? I, well, James is talking. I we, guess, yeah, James. We didn't hash this out before, so who needs, to, who needs to go first? James is like going to the beginning of time or something like that. Or I, I know I went a little further back. Didn't you say that we're all hybrids or something? We're all hybrids, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the, yeah, I'll go. We're talking about uh, human hybrids, and there's a lot of theories about it. And I'm not going to touch on the Nephilim today because that deserves its own episode. So just a little spoiler alert for you guys. At some point, we're going to cover Nephilim. But uh, it's interesting to note that 
uh, the three of us, all three of us are, in fact, human hybrids. We're not pure homo sapiens. None of us are. If you go back about 14, no, 17, probably, thousand years, people of European and uh, parts of Asia, our, our ancestry is the direct result of Neanderthals, Homo neanderthalis, interbreeding with Homo sapiens and producing hybrids, which is one of the reasons why if you can feel on the back of your head, you probably have a little bit of a bump on the back of your head, the occipital part of your skull. That's a Neanderthal trait. Oh. And, you know, a, a lot of guys, they their brow ridges, they jut out a little bit. Like right now I'm touching mine and I can feel two prominent little nodules uh, just above the the proximal end of my uh eyebrows that's a neanderthal yeah. physical trait you I will definitely not... have a crow magnet forehead <laughs> uh, so yeah we we have uh neanderthal dna but it goes deeper than that see the the human family tree it it has circled in on itself and intermixed to a point where it's really hard to even say for sure what a pure homo sapien would be some people theorize that people of African ancestry, pure sub-Saharan African ancestry, um, a Khoisan tribe in particular, and possibly the Maasai, are pure Homo sapiens. But even that's up to debate because turns out there's a lot of different human species that interbred with our ancestors. Um, one really interesting example is in Tibet. They have Denisovan DNA, and it's one of the reasons why they can survive at such high altitudes. The Denisovan mutation actually helps them conserve oxygen in their blood. So really trippy stuff. Yeah, i got to say trippy at least once. Um, and <laughs> from a cultural standpoint, I think it's interesting, our fixation with hybridization. You know, if you, you look at movie monsters and you look at the things that have sort of influenced our culture, you see a lot of... Uh, human animal combinations and i think that originates deep 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 in our, our cultural zeitgeist for two reasons one because i think that there was sort of a fear of, of intermarrying these different tribes of hominids but not quite regular human beings that, and i think that that sort of was lended down to us like in our uh i wouldn't go so far as to call it ancestral memories but it's certainly part of the human experience to be afraid of something that a, resembles a person but isn't quite a person. That's part of that, uh, oh, shoot, what's it called, Alex? The uh, uncanny valley. Uh, part of the uncanny valley yeah. is something approaching a human. Well, why? Why are we so afraid of things that are almost us? And one good reason, if you look at you know ancient bones, <laughs> it wasn't always ending with... Uh, Making making little hybrid babies. A lot of times, it ended with either the mass execution of whole tribes and villages, or even cannibalism. So there's a good reason why we're afraid of things that sort of ha resemble us, but not, not quite. And you see this in all of our myths, um, in particular uh, the hybrids between people and animals. From a cultural standpoint, that sort of indicates that someone is afraid of sort of degeneracy degenerating into a more primitive form like you know we even use that to to this day if somebody does something really despicable we say oh he's an animal well if you look at a lot of our myths and legends if you look at minotaurs if you look at the, the pig man from journey to the west if you look at just about every religion there's these half human half animals that just scare the absolute crap out of us and i think that that stems from a combination of 
ascribing animal traits onto human beings, just in terms of myths and legends, but also that association with these non-homo sapien hominids that we had to share the world with for a, a long time. I mean, it was only 17,000 years ago that Neanderthals died out. And I don't really know if there's hard science that tells us when the Denisovans and various other hominids uh, finally kicked the bucket. I'd say the Neanderthals were probably the last to, to go, but it's just, it's crazy to think that up until the advent of agriculture, really, and even a little after that, we were sharing the world with a lot of cousins who were not quite like us, who we outcompeted, and there's a reason they're not around. The, the Homo sapien hybrids won. We outbred them, and we, we out-survived them, uh, a, lot of part, a lot in part to the Ice Age, and then the Neanderthals a lot in part because of the end of the Ice Age. So it's really weird to consider that, you know, the, you, you hear all these conspiracies, they're making human hybrids, they're making human... We're human hybrids. So, yeah, you know, weird to think about, right? Uh, yes, very. It's interesting. Yeah. Anybody got any questions about that so far? Makes sense. So it sounds like we're all descendants of Wendigos. <laughs> Wendigos. <laughs> well, well, you know, there is, there is a hypothesis that Neanderthals were actually terrifying, that they had like red eyes and jet black skin and and sharp teeth and all these other features in that they hunted humans and that that's where all of our monster stories come from. Now, I don't believe that for a second. I think that Neanderthals were actually, if anything, smarter and more, not civilized than us, but just smarter in general. It's just they, they bred really slowly and they had a lot of peculiar behaviors that weren't very conducive to their survival. And that's why they got outcompeted. If they had survived, they'd probably be, you know, colonizing Jupiter or something. It's just a joke, but, but really they <laughs> would be doing some incredible things. So it's kind of funny that we, we associate the term Neanderthal as like an idiot when really they were actually brilliant. If anything, some people actually think that autism comes from the Neanderthal line. And that one of the reasons why people with autism have trouble reading the, uh, body language of people is actually because they're adapted to reading the body language of Neanderthals and not homo sapiens. What? Yeah. Huh. So we could all be descendants from different types of early humans. Oh, absolutely. We, we a hundred percent are. Uh, the real question is which ones and at what point does, does do some of these subspecies and other species become separate species from us because that's a little bit more up in the air. That being said, we're, it, it, the, the data's in. The Denisovans and the Neanderthals are not Homo sapiens in the slightest. And yeah, different people around the world descend from those. Well, my twenty-three uh, and me tell me. Um, <laughs> actually, I was about to say that there's. They actually do. They tell you how much of your DNA is Neanderthal. So just physiologically, I would imagine that I have. <laughs> pretty high head mixture of <laughs> Neanderthal DNA. I've got like, I've got the entire like physiology. I'm short and squat and barrel chested and my arms are short in proportion to my legs. But like it's like, I could go into one of those museum exhibits and just like pretend and people be like, oh, it's <laughs> that's just put James in a loincloth. Yeah. We'll, we'll take a picture of that for our, our Instagram, <laughs> our 13th floor Instagram. Um, I would love to see your 23 and me. And the top of your tree is like, oog toog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, back to the autism thing. Is that like, 
Does autism tend to run in families? Like, how- uh, yeah, there are genetic components. There are other. It's kind of funny because really the diagnosis for it, it, I think it's more a series of conditions rather than one singular thing because there are there are a lot of different explanations and different things. For example, um, some people exhibit tendencies like that even though they're physiologically don't have any indication that they have autism because of developmental issues like neglect but then you have other people who come from families where it doesn't run at all down their bloodline but their mother had children much later in life and then you have people who no matter what age group they seem to uh, reproduce at they, they their entire family tree is just sort of peppered with people and those instances are the ones where i think that uh, a, a neanderthal explanation is is plausible well huh Wonder if yeah. you're gonna make anybody angry with that? Uh, that theory. You know, that, well, that's that's the fun of talking. You know, it, it raises a dialogue. You know, even if somebody disagrees, it'd be fun to hear what their uh, counterclaim is. And again, it is important to note that it is purely theory, and you know, it's not like confirmed or anything like that. Um, this is off topic, but Alex used to have polyps in his nose, and when he had Oof. his polyps, his forehead was like bulging. We didn't. <laughs> it wasn't know. that it was big. It was. It, we didn't notice it until the doctor said something and after he got him removed it went back down but he looked like a <laughs> the doctor never <laughs> pointed out my forehead you, yes I he did no, he did we just noticed <laughs> it after it happened and we're like oh wow oh man anyway wow cc just uh, insulted me on multiple levels just <laughs> no. now it was i never expected thanks cc but uh into the modern era no you don't have to cut that out i definitely had a bigger forehead <laughs> Uh, but into the modern era, there's sort of a two-parter to, to my uh, story because, you know, on one hand, we've got historical proof that there are human hybrids. But when people think about them, they usually don't think about hominid hybrids. They think about, you know, half man, half sheep, half man, half, I don't know, orange, uh, things like that. The fun stuff. The fun stuff, exactly. And... <laughs> That is something that has been very controversial just in the past few years because, you know, for one, the United States has passed laws preventing uh, human-animal hybridization, and yet we know that they exist. We know that there are uh, human-pig embryos, there are human-sheep embryos, and there's probably a whole bunch of other human uh, quasi-embryos that are not necessarily viable in the sense that they probably couldn't develop into full-blown adults but who knows maybe some weirdo like epstein has like a whole labyrinth full of like genuine minotaurs at this point we know that he he well, tried to create his own subspecies by impregnating a gaggle of like 30 women well uh, but yeah i mean think about all the 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 figures in our mythology centaurs minotaurs sphinxes uh manticores they're all flipping human animal hybrids and from a cultural standpoint uh you know at some point on my my youtube channel i'm going to do a video probably for halloween about the concept of liminal liminal means that something is on an in-between and the reason i'd like to do it for halloween is why is halloween a holiday in the first place because it's liminal it's it's sort of it's not summer and it's not winter it's it's an in-between and in-betweens for humans are scary just like i was talking about with with the fear of some of these other hominids. Anything that's one foot in something and one foot out is frightening to us. Um, and liminality is something that sort of gets portrayed as it's always, almost always scary. 
you don't really see in, in human mythology a lot of hybrids that are like positive. The Sphinx, for example, is scary in Greek myth. It kills people who don't answer its riddles. Centaurs were sort of famous for basically just being a bunch of rapists with one exception that I, and I, I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. Kitsune in Japan, similar thing, except it's the women and they, they form these families with these dudes who don't know they're married to a fox, like a literal <laughs> one. Um, it's never, it's never good. It's, it's never a positive thing. And I think that stems from the view, the, the, the cultural view that, if you allow yourself to degrade or exhibit anything that's more primitive or anything that might even be like our other hominid ancestors, that you're going to pose a problem to that village, to that civilization, to that whole body of law. And so, it, again, look at look at most of the horror movies. Look at most of the uh, the scary myths. They involve things that are simultaneously people which is our greatest predator if you really think about it other humans combined with these uh less characteristic traits that we would associate with people and that's what makes them scary they're they're simultaneously known and unknown they're liminal they're in and out what if that's what makes ghosts scary yeah on some level absolutely you know same thing with zombies you know they're 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 dead but they don't do what dead people are supposed to do they're in and out liminal I learned, uh, I learned a lot today. Well, that hmm. was it for this week's podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> werewolves, another great example. We need to do an episode on werewolves. I can't believe we haven't done one. We do. Interesting. That's true. We haven't done one on vampires. Oh, no, we yeah. did vampires. I was say. We did, that was the one we recorded together. Yeah. Urge a bit. <laughs> James, that was eye-opening. Yeah, that was interesting. See, I, I want to research the autism stuff because I don't know if I buy, I mean, obviously it's a theory, yeah. but now I really want to look into it right? and see where they yeah. got their data. We do know that Neanderthals behaved kind of sort of a little bit more. I had no idea that they were considered more intelligent than Homo sapiens. That's fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They played instruments. They, they had elaborate burial rituals. They were not very different from us. And the things that were different were in some ways you know, uh, by our modern values, superior to what we've got. <laughs> and James claims that he has some Neanderthal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we posted a picture of you on our Instagram on your birthday. Happy oh, yeah. late birthday, James. Happy late birthday, James. Thank you. He turned 1,004. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you're doing like the missing link or something yeah, like that, is right? It, is it my turn? You guys, uh, I am not personally well-versed on human hybrids, or at least I wasn't prior to this episode. I thought this was a hobby of yours. I'm shocked. <laughs> well, I absolutely loved evolutionary biology in college, but that's as far as I went. So hmm. I had James assign me a topic, which I do occasionally have him do, because he's like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's do this topic. Or we draw, we draw the topic from the vase, and I'm like, I don't know anything about this. James, tell me what to talk about. So... He gave me a topic that I have never heard of before. <laughs> me neither. And also cannot believe that this was real. I will be talking about humanzies. <sighs> Sounds Ooh. pretty cool, right? So uh, a humanzy is a combination. Can you guess, Alex? Uh, a human and a crocodile. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> it. That would be a wicked. That would be pretty cool, right? Is it, wait, there already is one. Isn't that a, isn't that a uh, Egyptian god? 
I don't know. But uh, anyway. Uh, we're talking about humanzies, <laughs> and they are a combination of a human and a chimpanzee. Humanzy. Okay. Do you guys know how old the idea of a human ape hybrid is? How, how old is this idea? I only know because I had to look up the word humanzy <laughs> on Google. But I might even be wrong. I just know when some of the stuff came up. But you probably well take a wild guess, you guys. What year did this idea kind of come about? Nineteen twelve. No, James. Mm. It's even older than that. Eighteen fifty. Y'all, it's medieval times. Oh. In the eleventh century, Saint Peter Damian, who is a Benedictine monk. Slash cardinal, he claimed that someone told him about an Italian woman mating with an ape and having a little ape human babies. Just because someone's not cute doesn't mean they're. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I'm not here to talk about her. I'm here to talk about a guy named Ilya. Ilya, I think that's how you say his name. Now okay. remember back when Alex talked about the horrifying Soviet dog head experiment. Oh, yes. The haunt, the haunting uh, room. In our zombies episode. I was hoping that wasn't going to give you guys like flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it took me back to that, but fortunately it wasn't nearly as scary in my opinion. Still scary and messed up, but uh, you guys were going back to the Soviet Union circa 1910. Soviet Ooh. biologist by the name of Ilya Ivanovich Ivanov. Mm-hmm. So many eyes. Proposed an idea <laughs> that was just bonkers for the time he was like you guys you guys what if we mix a human and a chimpanzee and he presented this idea at the world congress for zoologists and he didn't really think it'd be all that popular but then all the scientists there were like whoa let's do it (laughs) and thus began the journey of creating a human chimp hybrid (laughs) ivanov he he just called it human ape hybrid but as time went on in the 1980s, I think the the term humanity was coined by Gordon Gallup. I'll talk about him in a minute. But I think that humanity has a much better ring to it than human ape hybrid, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm condoning the creation of this type of hybrid and lace. But if you had to get a hybrid, you would want a humanity. Yeah, exactly. If you're trying to get attention, <laughs> you've got to give it a name that sticks to the tongue. You know what I mean? It's all about marketing. I think what would be more popular is a cat dog. I loved that show. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> sounds like a sci-fi original. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really does. So you guys, anyways, back to Ivanov, okay? He spends a decade studying up and planning and trying to prepare himself educationally and emotionally for the creation of a humanity. And in 1920s, he finally looks at himself in the mirror and he says, Ivanov, you're ready. Let's make this thing. And... Before I get into it, you guys, these poor chimpanzees, scientists didn't care much about animal welfare back in the early 20th century. We all know this. Uh, just remember, they did experiments on a dog head. They didn't so, really care about anything. Right. No, they then. didn't. So if you're a big animal advocate like myself, this next part might make you a little sad. Okay. Um, so Ivanov first decided to try to impregnate a female chimpanzee. With human sperm via artificial insemination. Oh, I was gonna say, how? Yeah, yeah. Calm yourself. Calm yourself. <laughs> that was one of the things oh. that he spent a decade studying up on was artificial insemination. But you guys, it didn't work. No sustainable pregnancy would be had. What a shocker! Yeah. So he decides to mix things up. Instead, he tries to impregnate a female human with chimpanzee sperm. How do you do that? Artificial insemination. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well. <laughs> 
can you imagine throwing your hat into the ring for that experiment? Although I suspect they probably didn't have any willing participants do this. Yeah, that's what to say. Yeah, that's my that, guess. Or they pr- paid a pretty penny, but I doubt they paid a pretty penny. Well, you never know. Some of these villages, man, you might find some weird Ivan. I got a story at the end of our stuff, by the okay. way, that's just sort of hybrid related, and it has to do with perverted but- villagers. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, everybody, stay tuned for James's perverted villager story. <laughs> but. This is off topic, but researching this led me down a, you know, a rabbit hole as it always does. And I started looking up when the first successful artificial insemination took place. Okay. <laughs> with humans, with humans. Teach us. Mm. Uh, you guys guess. What, what year do you think it happened? Well, he's doing this back then, so 1915. 1915. James, do you have a guess? Uh, I'm thinking a ways before that. Probably the middle of the 1900s. Or 1800s. Uh, blah, blah. A little bit further back. It was 1770. Surgeon named John Hunter pulled it off. That was my second guess. Yeah, 1770. And then in 1884, (laughs) though, uh, a physician named William Pancoast performed artificial insemination on a woman. She gave birth to a healthy baby. And then later, her and her husband found out that it wasn't his sperm. It was donor sperm. And neither of them knew until after the baby was born. So, like, I wonder how they found out. Pancoast told him. He was like, Uh, (laughs) hey, by the way. Mazel Tov, but by the way. Yeah, that kid's not going to look anything like you, sir. Um, So, you guys, let's get back to Ivanov again. I'm sorry, I keep Mm. veering off off topic. So, human plus chimpanzee sperm didn't work either. And he had to stop his experiments when his last little monkey passed away. But (laughs) it wouldn't matter too much because, not surprisingly, his experiments came under some serious scrutiny. Especially from the veterinary institute where he worked. They're like, sir... Get your hands off the chimpanzee and put your hands behind your back. And in 1930, he was rusted and exiled. Ooh. Ouch. So maybe they did have standards then. Well, was, he was, was kind of doing it behind their back. He wasn't doing it behind their back. They're all like, he's, he proposed this idea and they're all like, yeah, man, oh, yeah, do you're it. Right, you're right. Do it. So anyways, it must have been very stressful for him. He, two years later, he died from a stroke. Uh, so sad day for an Ivanov. So do you guys think that anyone else would be crazy enough to try create humanity after course. Ivanov? After you said it like that, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, I still have more pages of notes. With right a here. catchy name like that. I mean Humanzi. That has more creativity than Bigfoot. I mean barely. Mm. Right? It's but more f- fun. At least they didn't do Chuman. Chuman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, more people allegedly try to do it. And I will just put this out there that according to all the websites I found this information on, and I found a lot on allthatisinteresting.com, and then there were some other like websites too, but all these reports are unsubstantiated and unconfirmed. So take, take with them what you will. Specifically, some scientists in China tried to create a human mm, That's not surprising. In 1967 is what I read. A guy named Ji Yang Zhang. He worked at hospital, I think, head of hospital. And he said that they were able to successfully impregnate a female chimpanzee with human sperm. But the experiment came to an abrupt end when the Cultural Revolution took place in China. Hmm. And Mao Zedong, yeah, he sent all of the scientists to work in the fields. And a poor little chimpanzee perished after at three months pregnant because no one was there to take care of her. Mm. So, yeah, uh, what a good idea to do with your. Scientists. No joke. Well, scientists in America apparently took things a step further. 
This is a little bit. This is further back, though. This is back in 1920. And according to a report by, yeah, evolutionary psychologist Gordon Gallup, a female chimpanzee was impregnated at a facility in Orange Park, Florida. Of course, it was flipping Florida. (laughs) Yeah, it was was Florida. It was Florida. And you guys, at at this uh, animal sanctuary or chimpanzee sanctuary where it supposedly happened, you can still go there today and see it's a monkey park now. And if you look on Google Maps, just search Monkey Park, Orange Park, Florida, and it'll take you to the like street view. And then you can click on the building. It'll show you monkeys inside. And there's a humanzy laying on top <laughs> staring at the camera. <laughs> well, oh, man. apparently this chimpanzee carried the baby full term and eventually gave birth to what Gallup claims was a healthy little baby humanzy. Uh, yeah. This is all rumored. It was so BT healthy deaths. that no one took a picture of it. Well, whether it actually happened, the world may never know after he was born. I'm, I'm a guess. I'm just assuming that this humanity was a boy. But after the <laughs> chimpanzee gave birth, uh, apparently the scientists started to, to get worried a little bit about the ethical nature of their experiment. Oh, yeah. Wait till it's done <laughs> yeah. to start worrying about the ethics. Exactly. That's what I have a note right here. It says why after and not before. <laughs> we all, we've all seen Jurassic Park just because we well, can. Well, to be fair, they hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, that's true. They not in the 1920s. <laughs> but they euthanized a little humanzy baby, according uh, to Gallup. Yeah. That seemed even more inhumane. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, right? They're worried about the ethical nature of their experiment. And they're like, oh. Mm. There's no proof, though, you guys. It's just it's yeah, just I'm what Gallup heard from somebody who says he worked there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't it. know. So before I wrap up my little segment, you guys, have you ever heard of Oliver the chimpanzee? That sounds familiar. You've probably seen his picture. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the fellow that walks around? Yeah, he's like a super famous ape. Okay. Or humanzee, as some people called him. He was a, perf- a quote-unquote performing chimpanzee captured in the Congo, and his trainers claim that he was missing Link. Missing Link, Alex. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and possibly human-chimp hybrid. His face was flatter than most of his little chimp pals, and he usually walked around on two legs instead of, like, all fours with his knuckles. And his trainers said that when he, was, when he turned 16, you guys, he tried to mate with her. He was more interested, apparently, in human companionship than his chimpanzee peer uh, companionship. Who could blame him? But that might yeah. be because he was surrounded by humans. Uh, know, there was a big lawsuit about Coco over that. Coco loved really? boobs. Yeah, Coco loved boobs. And she made, like, uh, the lady who raised her, she would, like, make all these zookeeper ladies, like, flash Coco. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, what yeah, it ended up making them very Coco also loved Robin Williams. No. <laughs> there's that video, there's that second intercounter where he goes to see her where yeah. Coco... He Plus may have been a, them, a hybrid. He was quite let, hairy. <laughs> but she lets them know she's willing to mate. And then they get well, Robin Williams they out said, there. They said, Robin, let's let's <laughs> take a step out. Uh, but Oliver, he had a rough little life. And he was passed around mm. between a whole bunch of different little owners. And he eventually wound up at a testing facility. Aww. Yeah, um, real tears, you guys. But he was never tested on. But okay. they kept him in this little cage. Aww. So shame on you, Buckshire Corporation. Mm. For nearly nine years. Yeah. He Aww. did retire from there in 1998. Apparently moved to a better facility in Texas, I think. So I read a whole bunch of lawsuits. But he got to live the, live the rest of his life out with a companion chimpanzee named Raisin. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James, I heard that little giggle. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, mm, raisin. That's a good name. But he died peacefully in his sleep in 2012 at the age of 55-ish years old. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So he lived a pretty long life. He really that's did. That's not bad. But yeah, let's uh, right before I wrap up, let's just talk about bonobos for a second, okay? Okay. Uh, I like that. That James knows all about bonobos. I'm sure he's probably our resident bonobo expert. Yeah, they're degenerate chimps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're very similar to chimpanzees, but there are some differences mm. between how they run their little troops. Which is a group of monkeys, by the way, mm-hmm. chimpanzees. But according to some sources. The Bongondo community, I think that's how you pronounce it, in the Democratic Republic of Congo believe that humans po- may have possibly mated with bonobos. But oh. they consider bonobos to basically be like humans because of the way they look and behave. And it's actually taboo. <laughs> Alex, just, <laughs> Alex just burped again. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James, exactly. Thanks for seeing. Thanks, for seeing. We could have kept that quiet. <laughs> Could I get the question? No, I think they could have heard it. But uh, they, they, the community thinks it's taboo for a woman to touch a bonobo because they fear that the woman may later give birth to babies that look like bonobos. Mm. Yeah. So, anyway, don't touch the bonobos, you guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's just a little bit about humanities. You've got the, you've got the missing link. Yes. He's got uh, James has got the beginning, and I've got. Modernity. M- modernity? <laughs> modernity. You guys, I think that might be the shortest section I've ever had. Yeah. You know what? That was like one of your short, shortest ones, but yeah. it's also one of the most like informational where I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, that. that's true. That, it was more that. condensed. I'm taking a bow right now. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, Alex, get to modernity. All right. So, you know, a lot of these hybrids sound pretty science fiction-y, especially like, oh, we've got man pig man bear pig uh and you know a lot of science stuff doesn't see the light of day in terms of news you know you're not going to see any news networks really reporting on much of anything except for maybe if a mouse has an ear growing on it which turned out to be kind of fake i guess a lot of the claims about that were the claims weren't fake by the scientists but the impressions people got by looking at it were fake. Hashtag fake poor, news. Yeah, that yeah. Poor little mouse. <laughs> I think you. I, I think you actually ended up being pretty healthy overall. <laughs> okay. they, they, they found they found the experiments on him to be to show advantageous mutations. So did mm-hmm. he have a happy little life? Yeah, I mean they didn't they didn't like execute him or anything. He got a whole bunch of cheese. Uh, yeah, and he got an ear looking. He got an ear mold that was underneath his skin, and that's why it's, there's an ear. Because they're testing cow cartilage. Okay. Anyway, Sorry. So that was a. Totally, uh, I I took you down a road. You did. You took me down one of your roads that you do when you research. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they're all kind of few and far between. And so I was going to look at stuff like some of the shady things that have been going on in the U.S. over the years, mm. and it turns out I really just had to look at this year. <laughs> <laughs> But U.S. has got a lot of laws, so nothing really happened here that we know of. That we know. Who knows what kind of shady stuff we're doing? Let's be honest. There's a ton of off-the-book stuff going on, but I'm not going to get into those. I'm going to go into the ones that are documented. Okay. The most interesting, or I guess the most recent one, is the one in Japan. Did you know they're allowed to make human-mouse hybrids? Of course. As of of July 26th? I've been watching enough anime to know that's their end game. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) So, here, let me walk you down this road. And I might even tell this other story that might sound vaguely familiar to this one. So, Japan started merging human cells at the end of last month with uh, that of a mouse. And it's no longer illegal there. It's got certain strings attached, as most laws do, but, you know, why not? The only thing is, they're they're even allowed to bring them to term. Now, the glow, the, the glow, we've been watching glow on Netflix lately. It's a good so show, maybe, you guys. <laughs> that's why. So, the goal of this, like, for the rodent, rodent embryo is to use human cells to build a pancreas. So, essentially, they genetically modified the, the rodents to not have eyes a pancreas and i'm blanking on the other one but it's a an eyes and a pancreas and then they they put in some stem cells and voila did you say voila voila. (laughs) the the uh the mice grow eyes and a pancreas right so so they're, they're they're not missing any of the things that have been edited out of their gene sequence and it grew like a mouse. He- yeah. Eyes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they implemented a mouse with human eyes. Right. That was, that's, what, that's the initial test. The, the, <laughs> that'd be like the saddest looking mouse. Like, yeah, those big human eyes. Can you imagine like puppy dog oh, eyes man. on a mouse? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, so, I mean, it started out that way. I did, I did phrase it at the beginning of it differently, but essentially, so they started putting stem cells in and it, it did that. And then they wanted to see if human cells could help build the pancreas. You know, my, the mouse cells are building everything like anticipated. And for two years, the team, the team plans on watching these rodents develop and grow with these human cells to help develop a human pancreas inside of the mouse. So we'll see. But their goal is to move on to pigs. Big surprise. Pigs are yeah. very similar to humans. Right. But as I'll probably go into later, or I will go into later mm-hmm. since I did write all this. <laughs> um, yeah. Pigs aren't close enough. But so while human animal embryos have been created in the past, you know, we, we've even seen someone make, they're calling them hybrid organs, but they're, uh, or hybrid organs because they're human organs oh, developed right. inside of a pig. But there's there's kind of a gray yeah. area in there, and whether they're, yeah, they're be- really, I, I would I personally would consider them to be human organs. But yeah. yeah, 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 and that's really where all this research is going. So they want to move to pigs, and they want to move to sheep, and but the problem is is that, is that they've never been allowed to let these embryos develop to term, and so you know the the biggest fear obviously of any of this is. What what's next? What's next? What, what are they not going to tell us about their research? Because you know, we've still we like you said. Now we've all seen Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, I've seen it. I know what I know the deal. So Nakanuchi or Nako, hang on, Nakauchi is the driving force behind this in Japan, and you know he's he's working on these pancreas, but he's saying that in their research that if they detect more than thirty percent. Of the rodent brains to be human, they will suspend yeah, the experiment. Right. Yeah, right. They'll just stop talking about it. Yeah. So clearly, this experiment is already possibly becoming unwieldy 
this experiment to just grow a pancreas. So now there's a possibility of 30% of the brains in these rodents to possibly become human. Now, it's far-fetched and probably would never happen, but it's a possibility. And 30% seems like an awful lot to be the cutoff point. If they stop talking about this within the next two years, you guys, I think they've done it. Yeah. They have to break into their facility. Yeah, but that's that's the government's, that's the Japanese government's, like, string. It's like, we can't have human-like animals. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, James was just talking about that earlier. Exactly, exactly. So, but Nakuchi, <laughs> Nakuchi, <laughs> Nakauchi, he doesn't think it's going to happen. And last year, his, he and his colleagues at Stanford successfully made a human, first human sheep embryo. Mm. And they destroyed it after 28 days. But they said that the hybrid contained no organs and very few human cells. They said only about, and the research I've been able to find on this is different, but most of them say one to in a hundred thousand cells or less were human, but you know, we're working our way there. It's so easy to just yeah. say something. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But his ultimate goal is that human cells only contribute to what they want it to. And essentially he just wants to, his, his goal is noble. <clears throat> just like Jurassic Park's goal was kind of noble. Um, to build a dinosaur <clears throat> park. That's really that's right. noble. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you get to bring animals back to life that are extinct. They you know. went extinct for a reason. So you're telling me when the black rhinoceros is extinct. Oh. Yeah. So this when conversation extinct, was verbatim from Jurassic Park, except replace black rhinoceros with condors. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're just rehashing They're everything. They're just going to make that. What's that? What's that dinosaur in the, the Jurassic world that's all like. Oh, the Indominus Rex. Yeah. They're just going to make an Indominus Rex. Probably. Um, but his, his ultimate guys. goal is to eliminate the need for organ donors and all these wait lists. Uh, you know, I think it's 20, okay, that's more noble. 22 people a day die that are waiting on the list. Yeah. And that's his ultimate goal. Well, that's what he says at least. Right. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, it's probably there. Right. And that that's his ultimate goal is to be growing these organs. So, you know, that's going on in Japan. He's slowly going to be working his way. And he's even mentioned, like, I want to acclimate people to this. You know, I want to get everyone on board before he proceeds. I guess that's what he's thinking. No. Spooky. Yeah. So, let's leave Japan, somewhere with pretty good government regulation, to go to China. Mm. A place with numerous loopholes. Things are going on there right now. Yeah. They're crispering their way to super soldiers right now. And I I'm not really going to get into CRISPR today, but they some of the stuff I read about CRISPR was interesting. Just give a brief, <laughs> a, a quick, because there are people that probably don't know what CRISPR is. Yeah, no, James, you can back me up on this. Uh, okay. But CRISPR is uh, essentially this technology where they use to edit the human genome. Gen, human genome. <laughs> and there's even a scandal that went on, I think, last year where someone had claimed to have edited the genome of two twin girls who were successfully born without any defects, and they were born without HIV, which their dad had. Oh. And so they should have they should have had it, but they were born without it, hmm. without so HIV. So they think that someone hacked the DNA. Uh, well, no, and, and this guy claimed to have done it. Now, he's been under a lot of scrutiny, and a lot of people claim that this didn't really happen. Mm. But there's some stuff like that. A lot of genetic... And I might even 
I'll just go ahead and tackle it now. But a lot of people have noticed that maybe they're trying to enhance human intelligence with CRISPR. Yeah, they absolutely are. And interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, people who do that kind of work in China, they disappear like constantly. Every time somebody comes up with something like, ah, we've, we've got a breakthrough, then they go missing. It's a little creepy. Yeah, well, they're not really supposed to be doing it, but there's all these loopholes yeah. where all these people can do it. And one of the guys, he's not doing CRISPR, but a Spanish scientist by the name Dr. Juan Carlos Espesua. Let me see that. Espesua. 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 That's how I'm going to guess it is. Belmonte. He's, he's doing research on monkeys in China, which, as you know, apes and monkeys are heavily re- regulated in terms of research around the world and even banned in a lot of places. As they should be. Yeah, but, well, no, you know. Not so much in China. <laughs> and in all those loopholes, they're able to do this shady research. But Dr. Wan is trying to make it so that, very similar to our other friend, Nakauchi, so that monkeys can carry organs only to be harvested for later transplants. No. Yeah. He wants to get rid of the donor. He wants to eliminate the donor list, just like the other guy. So he's tried it on, he's, he's tried it on pigs, but pigs are too far, genetically mm. speaking to be valid he found and so monkeys are closer but they're not apes so monkeys are like this half step where he's not breaking too many laws because apes are more regulated than monkeys makes sense aren't chimpanzees like endangered uh yeah yeah all all the apes are endangered though yeah these are monkeys yeah except us (laughs) he's testing on monkeys not apes not chimpanzees Mm. monkeys uh Probably capuchins or rhesus, one of the two. Yes, 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 yeah. rhesus, capuchins. But they're so tiny. Yes, and that's one of the criticisms that this research has actually fallen under is, well, if he was successful, the organs wouldn't be able to get right. big enough inside. Makes sense. Of that's, that. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm... Yeah, so that, that's one of the criticisms of his research. But also, remember, this is a half step, probably, towards wanting to research on... You'd think it'd be more feasible to grow organs just in like a nutrient bath, like like an enclosed, like kind of like those bio wombs they're they're producing right now. Something like that instead of an actual sentient being. It's cray cray. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I I would like to research into that and see why they're not pursuing that more. Hmm. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's just too difficult though. Maybe it's too ethical in their own. This is probably not. (laughs) <laughs> it's too easy but the the most i guess alarming thing about all of it is that they're trying to make animals smarter <laughs> the ape style that's that that's what this research made right me think so of in 2014 time. scientists created mice with human astrocyte cells and like these are like non-neuronal brain cells that make up over hmm. like half your brain and they make you, you know, they just make your synapses fire better, essentially. And compa- compared to mouse astrocytes, humans are up to 20 times larger. And they carry 100 times mm-hmm. more connections. So, you know, we got better brains, essentially. But when they implemented these cells in the mice, the hybrids mm-hmm. were smarter. And when challenged with standard memory tests, they performed at least four Ooh. times better than normal mice. And they're calling this a whopping effect. 
Yeah, which, that's crazy. Yeah, and so a whopping effect is like, I guess, a gargantuan leap. Yeah, I mean, if they were 10% smarter, I'd be like, oh, wow. But 400% smarter, no, no, that is... No, four, yeah, yeah, four times smarter. 400%, four that's what, yeah, it's yeah. 400%. Holy crap. Uh, CC's looking at me like, what the heck? I'm just thinking about a mouse doing arithmetic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> didn't, didn't you guys have to read The Secret of Nim? I mean, this is The Secret of Nim, guys. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I get to finally have Mrs. Brisby as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Brisby would not be happy being a pet. Very true. <laughs> and then there's China's recent attempt at inserting human genes into monkeys. Monkeys. We're almost to Planet of the Apes. <laughs> the goal was to decipher, suppose, you know what? These goals that they set, I don't believe them. I don't no. believe them. Any of those timelines, by 2020, we'll be flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apparently their goal was to figure out the roots of human intelligence. And, you know, they're trying to figure out why we might be smarter. What's the difference between us and monkeys? Why are we mm. so much better and more good looking? <laughs> Maybe not the good looking part. Per humans yeah. standards. Yeah, that's right. I bet you an ape would think we were pretty I don't know. Pretty that one ape was pretty interested in people. Oliver? Yeah. He was kind of like like he kind of looked like that lead monkey in Planet of the Apes. Ooh. What's his name? Caesar. Was it yeah, Caesar? And and so the team <laughs> we're gonna leave Planet of the Apes behind. Actually no we're not. We're talking more into it. But and so essentially they wanted to artificially transform monkeys' brains to be more like ours. You know, doing their thing. Jeez. Little, little genetic meddling never hurt anybody. And so, apparently, the results weren't all that clear. And the hybrid brains took longer to develop. But they may have been a little bit better. But with only five monkeys being modified, they found it hard to have clear results. But they did find that the modified monkeys had better short-term memory. But they didn't find the leaps and bounds that they did with mice. Probably also because they had, you know, monkeys are kind of harder to get a hold of, I guess, than uh, mice. And they probably, <laughs> it probably takes longer for them to grow, too. Yeah, it's probably yeah. also harder to gauge their intelligence because mice are very goal-oriented. Whereas a monkey, you know, it's totally possible that it just doesn't want to do the experiment because it doesn't want to do the experiment. Yeah, and obviously they came, came under... Heavy scrutiny because monkeys are a little too close to humans for people to be okay with them doing what they did. Yeah. And so apparently they've been getting more and more regulations in China, but there's still so many loopholes that people are kind of, it's the wild west over there in terms of genetic manipulation. And, you know, that might be it. <laughs> Actually, no, I forgot. Uh, uh, essentially, we're, and where they're also wanting to go with these brain uh, experiments on monkeys is claiming again i do this is an admirable goal but probably not the way to go about it they want to be able to test and cure things like alzheimer's disease and a lot of brain related diseases so if they can create a more human-like brain in something they can study it hmm. and yeah. find out more about maybe something closer to us so why experiment on mice and pigs when you can experiment on something almost human hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's still morally dubious at best. Yeah. And reprehensible at likely. Yeah. <laughs> but even the even the end goal of like the organ creation, I don't like that, man. You're growing you're growing an animal 
to house this organ inside of it. Yeah. Just so you can cut it out and yeah, and put it, and put it in somebody. It's freaky. Of course, you know, then when it's your loved one, I, I bet you would you in would a do second anything. do it. Yeah. Uh, oh, this topic's just got me like all over the place. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to say it again because I kept saying it during my thing. I'm sorry, everybody. No worries. Uh, James, you have a story for us? <laughs> hey, yeah, break, break yeah. The story down. this is the story. It is also known as, and I this is a quote, <laughs> the most interesting buggery case ever. Okay, so <laughs> this is the trial of Thomas Hogg, who has the most perfect name outside of a Harry Potter book I imaginable. Okay, so <laughs> 1647, New Haven, the uh, Puritan colony, so like the Pilgrims, in other words. Uh, Hogg <laughs> was accused of uh, raping a pig. So, you know, again, perfect name. So uh, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Okay, so Hogg was a servant. He was the servant for a one-eyed man named George Spencer. George Spencer's pig gave birth to a one-eyed piglet. When he saw this, he freaked out and confessed to sodomy. In other words, in this case, not actual what we think of, but rather bestiality. So, uh, so yeah, he thinks he's the daddy he, of this one-eyed yes, pig. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> he's been he's been porking the pork, and now he's got a one-eyed piglet. <laughs> And he has one eye, so he's like, oh, it must be mine. So he freaks out and confesses. And uh, they do what any reasonable society would do. Uh, They killed him. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. Thomas Hogg was his servant, this man's servant. And uh, people didn't like him either. He was... uh, he was often accused of being a thief, of being a liar. He didn't take good care of himself, so he's kind of skeezy. Uh, one of the slave women in the town named Lucretia, uh, according to her, he allowed his uh, genitals to show through his clothes. Hog had a <laughs> hog, hog had a pretty good argument for this, though. He had an inguinal hernia. <laughs> so some years after Spencer was executed, um, he was already being tried, no joke, for theft dishonesty and indecent exposure when his pig gave birth to two piglets that both presumably according to witnesses resembled him (laughs) (laughs) so this is where this ties in with the whole hybrid thing uh his mistress saw these piglets and uh, saw it as a sign from god that you know he had been pork in the pork as i said and uh here's here's a description of the piglets Fair and white skinned, and with one eye bigger on one side than the other. <laughs> so this is what Thomas Hogg looked like. Apparently, he was like a goggly-eyed albino or something. I swear, it's insane. It's like something out of fiction. So this is the best thing. Though. This is the funniest thing about this guy. Okay, so the governor, Theophilus Eaton, <laughs> they take him to to the the scene of the crime. <laughs> And they order him, I'm not even kidding, to scratch one of the sows under the ear. Uh, So he does, and she immediately responds, uh, well, I'll I'll just do a quote here. There appeared a working of lust in the sow, insomuch as she poured out seed before them. (laughs) So so then, this is amazing, to to confirm, to make sure that, well, that's the pig in question, so let's see what happens if he scratches another another sow. So he does, and she doesn't care. She doesn't respond positively. So, oh, no. so the, the whole thing, it's pretty obvious. They're going to kill this guy. Now, here's the funny thing, though, about 
the the way the court systems worked back then. We already know with the Salem witch trials that they had some screwy views of justice anyway and evidence and things of that sort. Um, well, case in point, this whole thing is insane. <laughs> but uh, here's the thing. If you don't <laughs> confess to bestiality, you don't get hanged for it because, you know, you need either two witnesses or a confession. So they're like, OK, confess. We've caught you red handed. He's like, no, no, I didn't do it. You, well, what about all the indecent exposure? I got a hernia, guys. Well, the pigs, they look like, no, I didn't do anything. So they only were able to convict him for lying and stealing, so they just whipped him, <laughs> and that was it. Oh, my God. Yeah, they whipped him, and he never did time, which I'm kind of glad because, I mean, he sounds like a skeezy dude, but he probably didn't do anything because this is not how genetics works. So uh, just, <laughs> I just find this to be one of the funniest uh, presumed stories of, of human-animal hybrids ever, uh, all thanks to a bunch of freakish-looking and morally bankrupt pilgrims. <laughs> James, where the heck do you find your stories? Yeah, I don't even remember. I fell down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole um, researching the, the hybrids, <laughs> and it just sort of led me there eventually. That's so awesome. Wow. Oh, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, I guess I guess we're a human hybrid out, man. That's right. Do you guys have anything else you want to add to the conversation? <laughs> don't pork the pork. Yeah, don't, don't pork the pork. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're ready to draw our topic oh. for next week's episode. What's in there? Oh. What's in there? A uh, hair clip. Boom, 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 boom. Next week, we are talking about subliminal messages. Ooh. <laughs> That's exciting. So, are, are we... Never mind. Let's just let it happen. Yeah, we're just gonna let it happen. Let it be natural. We'll, um, just, we'll figure out what each other's stuff is. And yeah, we'll care. We'll talk recording. about. We'll talk about it off, off the microphone. Alex, who did our music? Our music is Signal by Grant Cook. You can find them on Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, anywhere you listen to music. Yeah, uh, you guys. Um, until next time. <gasps> keep it keep strange. Keep it strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I did my inhale. I thought you were just going to be Yeah.